Welcome to New Season Ministry with Evangelist Jeremy Cook. We hope today's message will challenge, encourage, and uplift you in your walk with the Lord. Enjoy the message. Revelation chapter 22. Tonight, I'm going to look at verses 12 and 13. As my scripture text tonight to talk to you on a matter that unfortunately in the church we don't hear much talked about anymore. I want you to think about I want you to think about the preaching that you've heard in the last five years. Whether It's somebody that you've listened to on television, somebody that you've listened to on the radio and visiting other churches or other services, whatever the case, whatever the case may be. And think about this. How many of those sermons were on the coming of the Lord? Think about that. How many of those sermons were on the second coming? Of Jesus Christ. How many of those were on the rapture of the church? Come on. Because I still believe in a second coming of the Lord. I still believe in the rapture. I still believe in the rapture of the church. I am a, I, I'm a, I'm a pre-tribulation rapture believer myself. Uh, and I believe that before tribulation can happen on this earth... That the church has to be raptured out of here, but there was a time I remember even when I when I was when I was a kid that in just about every message that I heard, I would hear the preacher say, "You better be ready. Jesus is coming soon." Yeah. They would say, "You better be ready. Jesus is coming soon. The rapture is going to take place." And somewhere along the way. Somewhere along the way, we have, I believe that the church by and large has lost sight of preaching on the coming of the Lord. We do a lot of teaching on the kingdom, but we don't do a lot of teaching on the coming of the Lord. And because of that, we, there are some that have, have gotten out into some, can I just say it, just some weird things. You know, there, there are teachings out there that teach that Jesus won't come back until, until the church prepares the way for Jesus to come back. That we've got to get everything down here taken care of and we've got to take our authority over the stuff here on this earth. And then when we do that, then Jesus can come back. Can I tell you something tonight, church? There's not one thing that has to be fulfilled in order for Jesus Christ to rapture His church away. Abel, come on now. Somebody ought to preach with me here tonight. See, there's not one thing that has to happen. And that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. I want to talk to you tonight about the rapture. And I want to talk to you about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Because I believe more than ever, more than ever before, the trumpet is getting ready to sound. And the dead, as Paul would write, the dead in Christ are going to rise first then we which are alive and remain will be called up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And he says, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Can I tell you before I read my scripture tonight, when I see everything that's going on in the world today, and, 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 and I'm not gonna, this message is not going to be necessarily on Bible prophecy tonight, But when I see everything that is going on in the world and I see all the turmoil that is going, I know some people are getting anxious. I know some people are getting fearful because the Bible says that men's hearts will fail them because of fear, because of the things that are coming on the earth. But can I tell you, for the child of God, it brings us hope because the Bible says that when you see these things begin to happen, Look up for your redemption draweth nigh. And today our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And so tonight that brings me to Revelation chapter 22. And I want to read verses 12 and 13 tonight. Revelation chapter 22 
verses 12 and 13 tonight. This is, if, in, in, in a lot of the Bibles, these words will be written in red. Because, and when you see the words of, up with these words that are written in red, it is an indication that Jesus Christ is speaking. And so, some of the last few words, last words are important. Amen? Last words are important. When you die, what do you all, it, it, what, would you be satisfied with the last thing that you said? And so, last words are important. And in all of the scripture, these are some of the last words that Jesus, that Jesus spoke that is recorded in the Bible. Revelation chapter 22, verses 12 and 13. This is what the word of the Lord says. And behold, I am coming quickly. And my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. And then he says, I am Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. So I want to talk to you tonight on the simple thought. Jesus is coming soon. Amen. Jesus is coming soon. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you tonight, Lord God. I'm asking you, Lord God, that you would help me tonight. Lord, you know what I need to say, Lord God. You know the words that I need to speak tonight. And Father, I just ask you that you would anoint these lips of clay, anoint the ears to hear, that we may hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us tonight. And Father, we'll never cease to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. And Amen. How near is the coming of the Lord? You see, this is a question. This is a question that is asked by sincere Christians all over the world. But in order for us to understand the question, we must understand what is, it is meant by the second coming of Jesus Christ. The Bible declares in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28, And unto him that look for him the second time will he appear unto them without sin unto salvation. There are three Greek words that are used in the New Testament to depict the second coming of Christ. The first word is, and if you'll have to excuse me if I butcher these words, the first word is the word parousa, which describes the coming of Jesus as a personal bodily appearance. If Jesus Christ left this world in a body, we understand that he's going to return to this earth in a body. Because in, in Acts chapter 1, as he is on the Mount of Olives and he begins to ascend into heaven, the Bible says that there were two men in white apparel that were standing there. And he said, and the Bible says that they told these disciples, Ye men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into the heavens? For the same Jesus that you have seen taken up from you will so come again in like manner. So if he if he was ascended in a bodily form, we know that the Jesus Christ that is going to come back to rule and reign on this earth one day is not coming back in a just in, in a spirit form. He is coming back as flesh in blood. He rose at he, he ascended as a man and he will come back as a man, but he will come back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The second Greek word that is used about the second coming of Christ is the Greek word ephania, which means his appearing, when he appears. Several times in the scriptures, the coming of the Lord is referred to as his appearing. Colossians 3 and 4 would say, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2, the Bible would say, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Peter would write in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 4, when he would say, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, we shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not 
away. Paul would write to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1 and say, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead when at his appearing in his kingdom. And then Paul would write Titus in Titus chapter 2 and verse 13 and he would say, Titus, we are looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. How many in this house tonight can say, I'm looking forward to the appearing of Jesus Christ? Then the third and the last Greek word used for the coming of the Lord is this word called apocalypse, which means the unveiling. Which means the unveiling. When we read the book of Revelation, some Bibles in their heading will say the revelation of St. John the Divine. But you'll find out in Revelation chapter 1 verse 1 that it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And what does revelation mean? Revelation means the unveiling, the showing forth of who Jesus really is. And so the first two words here, the first two Greek words that I have told you, are used in connection with the rapture or the catching away of the saints to meet the Lord in the air. But the apocalypse means the person of Christ will be revealed in the day of Christ. For, for Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7 would say, Behold, He cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see Him, and they also which pierce Him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of Him. We must then understand tonight, church, that the coming again of the Lord Jesus, when we talk about the coming of the Lord, and we talk about, and we talk about the second coming of the Lord, it is in two stages. It is one advent and two different stages. First, He is coming in the clouds, and His people who are in Christ shall be called up together to meet the Lord in the air. And then the second, He will come with His saints to the earth to establish His kingdom. One reason that so many of us are confused about the coming of the Lord is sometimes we don't fully understand that difference. While the saints of God are called up into Christ, there is a period after that that the Bible calls the 70th week of Jacob's trouble. It is the 70th week of Daniel because when the rapture of the church takes place, there is a man that is going to step forth on the scene and he is going to declare himself God and he is going to be known as the Antichrist and he is going to sign a treaty with the nation of Israel and for seven years they're going to say that there's peace and safety but the Bible says when they declare peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come onto them like a woman who is travailed, like a woman who, who, ha, who, is, who is expecting a child. Mm. And at the end of this period of judgment, Christ will come back with His saints to overcome the Antichrist and to fight the battle of Armageddon. And it is at that time that He will establish His millennial reign and His millennial kingdom on this earth. That is what Zechariah would say in Zechariah chapter 14 verses 4 and 5. Because there's coming a day and I feel, I feel the Holy Ghost all over me right now as I say this. Because Jesus is going to descend upon the Mount of Olives. It's going to cleave in half towards the east and the west. And there's a valley that's going to open up towards the north and the south. And, 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 and Jesus Christ Himself is going to walk through the Jezreel Valley. And He's going to walk into Jerusalem. And He's going to walk into the temple of God. And He's going to get rid of everything that maketh a lie, that blemishes in all sin. And He's going to take and He's going to take the Antichrist. He's going to take the devil. He's going to take the false prophet. And He's going to cast them in a lake of fire well they'll be tormented forever and he's going to sit up and at that moment all of the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God can I tell you that Jesus Christ is coming soon can somebody say that <laughs> you see 
to talk about the coming of the Lord. Let me just say this real quick. Let me just stray from my notes just for a moment. When we talk about the coming of the Lord, I hear people at times, they'll say, you know, where you're, you're thinking about all that eternity stuff. And you're thinking about heaven. And we've come up with these slogans and we say, well, you shouldn't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. People have heard that before. But I... But here's my saying. My saying is, is that if you are heavenly minded, you will be earthly good. Ooh. You see, I'm afraid that a lot of us in the church today, even in the church, we are not living with eternity in mind. We're more concerned with what can happen right now. That is the reason. My God, help me. That is the reason why we're more concerned about what Fox News and CNN and Newsmax and all of those things are reporting. More than what the scripture of God and what God himself has said is going to happen. Yeah, amen. 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 And we're more worried about what is happening in the political realm. We're more worried about what is happening. We're more worried about is what is happening in, 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 in other areas of the world, and all of those things have their places. That's not what I'm saying. Please, but please understand. But when those take precedence over what the fact of the matter of fact is that Jesus Christ is getting ready to split the eastern sky, and a trumpet's going to sound. Can I tell you? Let me just preach it right here. If the trumpet were to sound right now, who does it matter who's in the White House right now? What does it matter who is in Frankfurt right now? What does it matter whether or not if we have two pennies to rub together, if our bank account is full and empty? Because I want to tell you one glimpse in his marvelous face when we see the glory of God and we hear that voice that says, come up hither, ye blessed of the Lord. I want to tell you, every other thing will simply dim in sight. Oh, so what do we know? What do we need to know about this coming of the Lord? There are three things that I want us to talk about tonight. The first thing that I want us to talk about is we cannot, we cannot know the exact time of the Lord's return. There are those that are attempting to set the exact date of Christ's return, but it's in God's plan that we should be kept in uncertainty of that point. Setting dates and de declaring that Christ will come at a certain hour is out of harmony with Scripture. Jesus would say in Matthew 24, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. He would say in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 13, Watch therefore... For ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. He would say in Matthew 24 and 42, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. And Mark chapter 13, he would say, Take ye heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. Watch you therefore, and ye know, and you know not when the master of the house comes at even or at midnight. Or at the, at the rooster crowing. Or in the morning. Lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. Yeah. Can I even tell you this? Uh, the Lord, as I was studying this and I was going over all this. Jesus really tore up his disciples. Because in Acts chapter 1. The Bible says that for 40 days he does nothing. Jesus does nothing but Talk to them about things pertaining to the kingdom. And as they're going to the Mount of Olives, he leads them out as far as Bethany, and his disciples come to him, and they have a question that they're wanting to know. And they say this, Master, at this time, will you, at this time, will you restore the kingdom back to Israel? So, in this first of many prophetic conferences, Jesus simply looks at them and goes, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has placed 
in his own power. Right. Mm. And I read that today, Pastor. And it was like the Holy Spirit gripped me. And I thought, and it was like the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and say, you know, many of us are, are roaming to and fro throughout this land, seeking the Word. And what I mean by that is trying to understand, or what does all of this mean? What does, what, can, 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 it's just home folk here. Can I just be, can I just be plain? Let, 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 me, let me just be plain. Uh, we have people talk. Well, I hear this person saying this. And I hear this person saying that. And these people saying that these people are crazy. And these people get mad at these people because these people said that these people are crazy. What does all that mean? I read that scripture today. And it was like the Holy Spirit let me know there's some things that you don't need to know about. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are some things that still require us to walk by faith. And Jesus would tell his disciples in Acts chapter 1, he said, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. The most common mistake in our time is that at times we have eager-hearted people that attempt to set dates and thus confuse the minds of people concerning the coming of the Lord. Anybody remember 88 reasons why Jesus is going to come back in 88? I mean, and the church went out in droves and bought that book. Well, 1988 came and gone and the Lord hadn't came back yet. You see, but that is what happened to the Thessalonian church. Because Paul wrote his letter to them instructing them that certain things had to happen before the day of Christ could come. To confuse the minds of people concerning the coming of the Lord is one of the greatest tools of the devil in this day. I'm going to say that again. One of the greatest tools of the devil in this day is to confuse you about the coming of the Lord. Can I tell you something right now? Anything. I, I, I'm, I'm going to address the prophetic movement right here and right now. And please, nobody get, nobody get upset with me. Anything that brings confusion to the body is not of God. That's right. If it brings confusion to the body, I have to write it off that it came from the author of confusion. Don't throw stones at me. Don't get mad at me. Because if something is of God, it will always bring harmony to the church. And what I mean by that, I'm not saying that people won't necessarily disagree. But what I'm saying is, is that there won't be this haze of confusion where it pits this group against this group and these people against that people and, 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 and we write these people off as heretics and we want to kick these people out of the church. Can I tell you, if it brings confusion to the church, it is not of God. And the enemy, when it comes to end time things, into the coming of the Lord, the enemy would love for us to be confused. But the Bible says that we ought not to be ignorant concerning these things. So the number one thing is, is that when somebody says, well, when is the Lord coming back? We know that He is coming. We can know the signs of His coming. But to set a date and to say this is when He is coming... That is, that, that is a fallacy. Number two, here's what I've discovered in the last ten years. Few of us believe that He is, not that He's coming, but few believe that He is coming soon. Few believe that He is coming soon. According to the latest Barna statistics right now, 64% of the evangelical world 
do not actually believe that Jesus Christ could come back today. I want to say that again. 63% of evangelical Christians, which we are a part of, believe, do not believe that Jesus could actually come back today. And matter of fact, many people have heard the message of the coming of Christ preached so much that I'm afraid that at times we've become desensitized and we become like what Jesus would say in Matthew chapter 24 and He would say, My Lord delayeth His coming. Peter would write about that in 2 Peter that he would say in the last days there would come scoffers walking after their own lust. Saying, where is the promise of His coming? Where is the promise of His coming? So, Because since the fathers fell asleep, things have continued on as they were. Now I hear people say, well, brother, they just don't know about it. No. Peter would say in verse 5, for this they are willingly ignorant of. It is one thing to be ignorant because you simply don't know. But it is a different thing to be willingly ignorant of something. (laughs) Jeremiah would write, and he would say in Jeremiah 17 and 15, Where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now, mockingly. Isaiah would write in Isaiah 5 and 19, when he would say, Let him make speed and hasten his work, that we may see it, and let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh and come that we may know it. Or even like those in Ezekiel's days when he would when Ezekiel would write and say the vision that he seeth is for many days to come and he prophesies of times afar off. Can I tell you Prophecy is twofold. I, I, listen, I, I understand that we're the, 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 that we're treading in kind of deep here tonight. But here is, but here is the thing: if all prophecy, if all prophecy is about making you feel good, mm-hmm. see, we would talk about the bad things in Ezekiel's days, and Ezekiel would say, "Oh, well, that's for somebody else. That's for a generation." Afar off. Amos would say in Amos 6 and 3, Ye that put far away the evil day cause the seat of violence to come near. You see, the attitude in this time, both in the world and in the church, is the thing that stirs my heart. Because here's the thing, Sister Kenneth, I got family that doesn't know the Lord. Can I just be plain here real quick? Let me just be plain for a minute. Everybody's up in arms. I'm, I'm going to teach this just for a moment. Everybody's up in arms. What, what's going on now with this new variant of COVID-19 that's out? And now people, now reports are coming out. I've got, I, I've got friends that work at Walt Disney World. And... If you've been watching the news, you've heard that Walt Disney World has just let all their employees, all their non-union employees know that you're, you're either going to be vaccinated or you're going to lose your job. Okay? I'm not here to get political in any of that. I'm not here to, to talk about if that's even right or if that's even wrong. I'm not here to talk what anybody's rights are. I'm not here to do any of that. But see, here's the thing. And so now, and, and then you scroll through Facebook and you hear all of these things going, you know, well... You know, well, they're not going to force me to do this, and they're not going to—they're not going to make—they're not going to be able to force me to do that. Can I tell you that everything is pointing to a man that's going to come on the scene, and the Bible says that he's going to cause all. Revelation chapter thirteen, read it. He's going to cause all to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and without that mark. They can neither buy nor sell, save he that hath the mark. So let me ask you this. The rapture of the church takes place. And everybody's standing around not knowing what in the world is going 
to do. And there's got to be some semblance of normalcy brought to the world. <laughs> and I've always said this. You may lose your job now, but there's coming a day for some people who miss the rapture of the church. If they don't take the mark of the beast, it'll cost them their life. And when there are kids born in the tribulation, I understand that we don't like talking about this stuff. When there's kids born in the tribulation, and you hear them cry because you can't go buy them milk and bread, we talk a good game. Mm. We talk a good game. But what I'm saying is, is that everything that we're seeing right now is driving us to an event. It is driving us to an event called the return of the Lord. And if we are not ready, if we, are not, if we do not believe that at any moment the trumpet of God should sound, and those who are ready to meet him will be caught up in the air. I'm telling you, you don't want to be here for seven years of tribulation on this earth. The number three, nothing today prevents the coming of the Lord. And we're going to tread deep here for the next few minutes. Because some people object to what I just said there. But there is nothing that today that prevents the rapture of the church. If I understand scripture, I believe that nothing has to happen that has not already happened before Jesus Christ comes in the clouds. See, some people will argue with me and say, well, well, wait, wait a second, preacher. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14, He said, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all nations, and then the end shall come. Well, there's still people that have not heard the gospel, so the end cannot come. I'm glad that those questions are asked. So let's do a little digging into the scripture, shall we? Paul would write in Colossians 1, chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, and this is what he said. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you have heard before in the word of truth of the Gospels, which has come unto you as it is in all the world. He would also write in Colossians 1, and verse 23, if you continue in faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard and which, and, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. So, so many other scriptures that I could say. Romans chapter 1 would talk about the creation, declaring the glory of the Lord. So that humanity who stands before God, is without excuse. Right now, right now reports are coming out of the Middle East where missionaries cannot go to because of risk of losing their lives. Preachers cannot go into, uh, into these areas. And so the Lord Himself is appearing to them in dreams and in visions and telling them, I am the Christ. What do you do with them? Well, I thought a preacher had to go and personally lead them and share the gospel. No. It doesn't have to happen. There's not one thing. And I hear people say, well, preacher, what about, you know, we can't, it, Jesus can't come back because they're still disputing over the temple mount. They're still doing all of this stuff. They, they, they've got to, they've got to re, they've got to rebuild, they've got to rebuild the temple, and that's going to take years to do. Not if they did it like Moses did it. They could throw up a tent 
Up there, oh, oh my goodness! I, I, the nerd in me is getting ready. To, the nerd in me is getting ready to come out. So here we go. Are you ready? Because archaeologists are now discovering that on the Temple Mount may not actually be where the Jews are really supposed to be worshiping at. They believe, and I challenge you, write this down and look it up. Michael Utterback, a great minister to Israel right now, and his team that is over there are actually believing that the Jews' mount is actually Mount Zion, which is just a few miles away in what David talks about, where David established his tabernacle. Just something for you to chew on, just just for a moment. And so we so we get into these we get into these theological debates and we say, you know, well, this can't happen because this has got to happen first. I remember, listen, I I I believe, I believe that. Israel coming together as a nation in 1948 was, was, it was, it was a great prophetic event. But for people to say that that had to happen in order for Jesus to come back, you'd be hard-pressed to tell me. I'm just being honest with you. Because if even in the, church, in the early church they would say, Maranatha, which meant... Which meant, come quickly, Lord. Which meant, we're looking for the imminent. They believe in the imminent return of the Lord. There is nothing that has to happen. Well, people say, you know, well, what about, what about blood moons? And what about all of those different types of things? All of those proceed during the tribulation. Come on now. I know we're, 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 waiting, we're waiting through some stuff here. I'm trying to get us to understand that nothing has to happen for Jesus to take His church away. He would say in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, well, others would say, let me back up here. So others would say that the Lord cannot come just yet because the Antichrist has not been revealed. And they misinterpret a scripture that says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not... Come, except they're coming to fall away first, and then the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And they will tell you, Jesus Christ, the rapture and Jesus Christ can't come back because we do not know who the Antichrist is. And so now we've got people that are trying to connect the dots in Scripture and are trying to tell you, well, we believe that this person is going to be the Antichrist. We believe that this per I, listen, I, I, and then we start taking. Because well, his number is the number of man, the number six six six, and so we start take, we start doing numerology and we start running the numbers and we start saying, you know, well, this person's name adds up to six six six, and they'll say, you know, was well, this person the Antichrist? I would hear even even as a kid growing up in America, I've heard anywhere from Bill Clinton to uh, to uh, to Barack Obama of preachers getting up and claiming them to be the Antichrist. We don't know. We do not know. We do not know. There is a lot of speculation out there, but that is all that there is. But there is an event that has to happen first before the Antichrist can be revealed. Because the Bible would, because the Bible would say in verse, in verse 7 and 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that says that he that letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. What is the thing right now that is restraining the spirit of Antichrist from wreaking havoc across this earth? Can I tell you what it is? It is the spirit-filled church of the living God. We are, the th we are the restraining force. Some people would say, you know, well, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to be taken out of, this, uh, out of this earth. No, it's not. Because the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. How can you take Him out of something if He's, in, if, if he's everywhere? Yeah. 
come on now. I, 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 this, this, this is deep teaching tonight. But we, the, the church, then I hear people say, you know, well, Brother Jeremy, I, I, I read, no, the church is always referred to as a she. It's the, it's the bride of Christ, yes? But we are His body. We are His body. And when the church is taken away, then the man of sin comes on the scene. Brother Jeremy, why are you, why are you saying all of this? I, why, are, why are you saying all of this? Because I want to tell you, when you live with the thought of the imminent return of Jesus, it changes everything about your life. When you live with the imminent return of Jesus in mind, it changes how you treat people. It changes how you live. It changes how you love. It'll change how you give. It'll change the unforgiveness in our hearts. If we live with the imminent return of Jesus, I'll never forget. And it was something, it was something that grieved me. I was watching the news a few years back. They had this minister on as a as a guest and very well known for his teachings of Bible prophecy and things like that. And they brought him on and that news anchor automatically began to, to, to kind of mock him a little bit and say, oh, I bet you you're one of those people that believe that Jesus is coming again, right? And he laughed and he said, yeah, he says, I believe it. He says, he says but I'd still pay my cable bill. And they had a good, they had a good laugh. What should have been a serious moment. And an opportunity for him to look a nation in the eye and say, yep. Yes, ma'am, I sure do believe. I believe that he could come at any moment. I believe that any moment that the trumpet could sound, and the church would be out of here. And you need to be ready. You need to be ready. Because if you're not ready, you'll miss it. But instead, he just blew it off. And said, oh yeah, I believe it. But I, I think I'd still pay my cable bill. And just laugh. And everybody just have a good laugh about it. And I tell you, when you live with the imminent return of Jesus in mind, it changes everything about it. I don't have time to, I don't have time to get into the tribulation tonight to tell you that after the rapture, this world goes into a seven-year period of tribulation such as the world has not ended by the end of the seven year tribulation three quarters of the earth's population will lay dead listen there are there are some i'm i'm just i'm just going to say it please don't get mad at me listen because i've i've got i've got one at home I've got, I've got a popular study Bible at home that's been around for years and Pentecostals love it. But if you read, if you read the notes in, those, in that particular study Bible, you'll read that that person doesn't believe that tribulation is coming to the whole earth. Can I tell you, tribulation is coming to the whole earth. And those who are not ready to meet Him have to go through this. He would tell the church at Laodicea, he would say, you're lukewarm. You're rich and increased with goods, 
And you say you have need of nothing. But you are blind, wretched, miserable, and naked. He says, and because you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. In essence, he said, that makes me sick. That I have to vomit. Where does he spit them out into? Revelation chapter 4 says, after this, I saw a door open up in heaven and a voice that sounded like a trumpet say, come up hither and I will show you things that must be hereafter. It's a picture of the rapture of the church. So where did those people that were lukewarm go? They go right into the tribulation. You say, Jeremy, I, 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 I know all of that. Why are you even talking about that? Because here's the thing, and I'm getting ready to close. God is moving. And I believe that. I believe with every fiber of my being that He is moving. Revival is happening here at harvest time and in other locations. It should drive us to tell people. I told you the other, the other night when I preached. And I, was, and I said that I believe that God spoke to me while I was in prayer and said that this is America's last altar call. Now, whether you believe that or not, that's up to you. But I believe that that's what the Lord spoke to me, that this is America's last altar call. And it ought to drive us. That the coming of the Lord is so imminent. Oh my goodness. You ought to be able to sit across from your loved ones with tears streaming down your face and say, be ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Because here's the thing. And this is what I felt like the Lord dealing with me today on. I believe, and I'm, I'm even leery to say this, well, I'm just, i got to obey the Lord. While I was praying today, I really felt led of the Spirit that in a short time, this nation will experience a reprieve. And we'll see things get better. How that all looks, I don't know. But that's just what I felt in my time of prayer today. The Spirit leading me that there is going to be a season of reprieve where it looks like things are going to get better. But I heard the Holy Spirit this afternoon say, but do not fail to warn my people. I'm coming. I'm coming. While we're looking, I'm waiting on the Holy Ghost to release me, but I've got to say this. We're waiting on the next move of God. We're waiting on the next move of God. But really the next event on God's prophetic calendar is not another move. But it's a trumpet that's going to sound. And I hear the Holy Spirit of God say, My people have got to be ready. They've got to be ready. Why God would speak to me in these ways. I don't know. I do not know. Pastor, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't like 
when God speaks to me in these ways. We must get back the church as a whole has to get back to living with the fact that Jesus Christ at any moment can come back. And all this other stuff, it's not going to matter. Because when He comes back and He raptures His church and He comes back at the end of the seven year tribulation and He makes all things new again, And John said, I beheld a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And then, as the scripture would say, the lion is going to lay down by the lamb. And a child shall play upon the hole of an adder. And nothing shall hurt or offend And all of God's holy mountain. If we live with the imminent return of the Lord in in view, we've got nothing to worry about. And I believe He's coming back. Do you? Amen. Stand with me all over this house. today's message by evangelist Jeremy Cook. If you would like more information regarding New Season Ministry, to schedule Jeremy to minister at your event, or to support the ministry with a love gift, please contact us at 859-404-4007. Or you may email him at pastorjeremycook at gmail.com. God bless and we will see you next time on New Season Ministry. Thank you.